0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at ollie.com. That's O L L dot com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com/slash AI for all.
1: Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion.
0: Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio where we come together to discuss all types of healing which is something the world needs now more than ever right um so if you're new to my show i just really want to welcome you and if you've been listening for a while i'm super glad you came back today we're going to talk about what happens when our life unravels i mean i don't know about you but i've been through stages where i've had a total life crash and burn you know like nothing nothing left um and i'm i'm sure we've all had those moments where we're struggling, we're hurt, we've been, we're feeling upside down. Um, and right now, in the middle of this pandemic and sort of the aftermath of that, I think it's even uh, more prevalent than ever to have that unraveled feeling. Today, we are going to talk to author, coach, and business and marketing strategist, Stephanie Zamora, who wrote this beautiful book called Unravel about her journey into the Dark night of the soul, and what happened to her when she really lost everything, and had to reinvent herself and and pull herself out of out of that crash and burn. So, welcome so much to the show, Stephanie. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having
0: me. So, what happened to you, honey? Like, what happened? What was your <laughs> unraveling moment? It sounds epic. And yes, I'll, it was. It. I'll
1: I'll give a high level overview. So, in 2014, my life was really in an amazing place. My business was thriving. I had an amazing team. I knew what I was doing. I was making good money. And I was really stepping into who I felt like I was here to be. And at the end of that year, I realized the relationship that I was in just wasn't right for me and ended that relationship. He began stalking me and a couple weeks later ended up committing suicide. Wow. And that just absolutely flattened me. It flattened my life, my business, my health. I actually had PTSD so badly from the sudden and traumatic loss that I couldn't function. I would drive in circles around my house because by the time I lapped the block again, I would forget that I was going home. I couldn't put my own life story in order. I couldn't tell you what I did the day before. I couldn't remember half my clients let alone what i was supposed to do for them and it all kind of came to a head in the summer when i realized i couldn't code anymore so developing websites is something that i had done for quite a while and i couldn't remember how and that ptsd led me into an abusive and toxic relationship and all of that combined really affected my health so i had panic attacks and anxiety really bad i would Panic so bad that I would bruise my own hands because I wouldn't realize how much I was rocking and shaking and screaming. I had adrenal fatigue so bad it would exhaust me to walk from the couch to the kitchen. Severe back and hip pain. And then I actually developed dysphagia, Mm. which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's when you stop swallowing. And I couldn't swallow even my own saliva for nine days. I had one IV in the middle of it. It literally almost killed me. And in that time, my business died. I mean, I couldn't I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the mental capacity. I didn't have the, I wasn't in myself or my business anymore. So my business came to a halt, had to file bankruptcy and really just got turned upside down and had to go on a deep healing journey.
0: Wow, that is so intense. I mean, that's a lot of trauma.
1: Yes, very, yeah, quickly, and very quickly.
0: Wow, how about it? And um, I mean, I, it sounds like, you know, Um, because I've been working as a spiritual counselor for 30 years now and um, people always seem like they want to have a spiritual initiation like they they go to the sweat lodge they lick the tree frog they take some ayahuasca they do something to initiate a spiritual initiation I'm always like oh boy because I think (laughs) the real spiritual initiations are like what you just said we don't ask for them we don't like them we don't we barely survive them like the real initiation almost kills you i think it like what happened to you it's like when you come out the other side of that you're literally not the same person that you were when it
1: went exactly in. there's so much death and rebirth and i think that was the hardest part for me this whole idea of reorienting i had mm-hmm. to get really comfortable with because i was changed so quickly at my core, but life kept trucking along, right? Mm -hmm. Everything kept moving forward. And then I went through more and more loss, more and more death and rebirth, more and more trauma. And so really trying to reorient to myself and my work and relationships was possibly the most difficult part of it. I I think that's hard to understand when we're in it. We think that the fall is the hard part. Mm -hmm. We think that rock bottom, we think that losing everything is the most difficult aspect of it when really it's that... Reorienting and making the choice to rise up and heal and come back, but also step into what's next and adjust everything around you to really match who you've become. All right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a profound change. And so, as we shift our frequency and who we are on the inside, the world has to change on the outside to match that. And that's that can be ugly, right? And difficult. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And there's a lot more loss. I think that's why we're so scared of it. I know I was, I had already experienced so much loss that it was hard to then face consciously. Okay. Who am I now? And what's no longer serving me. I killed off massive parts of my business. I let go of a lot of relationships and friendships and communities. And it was really hard and really isolating. And we're so scared to do that because we're just, we want to cling to everything known and familiar just for some sense of, safety mm. and security, but it's, it's, we have to go through that. And that can be really difficult. Well, I think it's wise, you
0: know, like you, you must be sort of an old soul, really, because there's wisdom in your, like, our, the way that you handle that, you know, to have the grace to surrender to it and not sort of kick and scream, which we always do a little bit, like our personality, our, our ego self doesn't like. it's scared of the unknown is likes the comfortable, even if it's the sort of the devil, you know, that, you know, and And our soul is always pushing us out of the comfort zone and into these difficult new territories. It doesn't it so doesn't care whether
1: you're comfortable with it or not, you know? yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm a big advocate for personal growth and healing work, much like what you do in your your business and with your clients because i I feel like, yes, I do feel like an old soul, but also I had done. So much personal growth work beforehand that I just instinctually surrendered to the process. I surrendered okay. to the emotions. I allowed it to gut me and break me open. And had I not done any work before that, I think it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, no doubt.
0: And what kind of work did you do in that like to support yourself through that? Or when you when it came time to do the healing the reconstruction, what was helpful <laughs> for you?
1: Yeah, I did a lot of different things. I definitely took a full court press approach. So I did some neurological stuff like, um, oh, what was it, like brain spotting, something where mm. they put the little connectors on your head. And I did a lot of energy work. So cranial sacral was a big one for me. I called mm. it twitch therapy. And I just, yep. it felt like a massage for my nervous system. And yep. the first session I had was the first time I could breathe normally after my loss. And I just... Oh. I loved it and I really love it to this day. And then I did quite a bit of process work. So in particular, The Journey by Brandon Bays was introduced to me by a friend and mentor at the time. And the first process that we did was about an hour and 45 minutes. And it's very much a guided visualization where you drop into the heart of yourself and source and your highest self. And you do deep emptying out and and healing and clearing and forgiveness work. Mm -hmm. And I resisted that pretty hard because part of that was emptying out with my ex who had passed away. And I just, I didn't want to do that. So I resisted it, but my mentor was amazing. And I got a lot of my brain back after that first session and have continued to do a lot of process work. And Mm -hmm. then also acupressure, um, acupuncture. I've worked with amazing chiropractors that bring in energy work. Um, I had an amazing therapist I worked with as well and coaches. I mean, I just, I threw everything at it, and, and fortunately, because I wasn't making any money, I was able to do some trade because of the work that I was doing at the time, and so I just, I just took as much help as I could get.
0: Mm, I love it that you did cranial sacral. That's one of my favorite modalities, especially for trauma, you know, yeah. because that level of trauma, like, goes into your nervous system, and um, I, I think that I've seen this over and over again impacts your brain, almost like a traumatic brain injury. You know, people have like, like TBI or post-concussive syndrome. Um, Even if you didn't whack your head, it's, it's, you have to recover your brain and your nervous system. And we can't really talk to our nervous system with our frontal cortex. You know, it's not like you can, your mind can be like, Hey, just quiet up down there. Like (laughs) be quiet back there. But you can, we have to go into the body, which is so wise that she did that. That's, that's amazing.
1: I will say too, for anyone listening, I have always classified myself as an open-minded skeptic. The first time I ever did acupressure, I was like, I'm going to be the 1% it doesn't work for. Even though I'm very spiritual and I'm very open, I've always come in with a little bit of skepticism. And so Mm -hmm. I did that throughout my healing. But I will say, I think the most important thing that I did was, even if I had skepticism, I always set that to the side because when we wrap our energy up in resistance, then we can't get as much out of what it is that we're doing. And so going in with just openness and, okay, I'm here and I'm open to whatever I'm going to experience or whatever they guide me through, I think makes a huge difference.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that um, open-minded skepticism. And I, I am too, even though I'm a psychic and I've been, you know, I see things like my whole life has been Mm -hmm. about seeing things other people don't, don't see, but I'm not sure I would believe it unless it's happening to my me myself you know like i always reserve that same yeah. level so that's that's great and so what what happened like when you came out you know sort of through the eye of the needle and you came out the other side where did it take you
1: you know it was interesting right towards the end when i had this swallowing issue and i had a lot of health issues i pulled down everything i had created and i have a very multifaceted business and at the time had a ton of stuff up online websites programs just a lot of content. And I had to pull all of it down and kind of go through this period of of another level of unraveling because without that identity of who I had been before, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so that really turned me inside out. And I just, I sat in the emptiness and I was very committed to seeing it through at a level that I don't think most are able or Or willing. And I say that because I had a lot of privilege in the sense that I didn't have a partner at the time after I left the abusive relationship and I didn't have kids. I had two cats and I was willing to see it through. And so I actually stopped worrying about whether or not I was going to pay my bills every month. Um, Ended up filing bankruptcy at one point because of everything I had been through. But I chose not to go out and get a job. I chose not to go out and do things the way that I think most people wanted me to or thought that I should, because I was like, if I don't see this through, I'm not going to get out of it what I'm supposed to get out of it. And it was a few months after running out of money. I was actually in the middle of Iowa with my mentor. Thank goodness someone was with me and could help me out. But I ran out of money and I just I, I saw it through and I started having more awarenesses. I started having a whole new body of work dropped in. I started working and meeting new people that just helped me really start to put things into perspective in a different way and was able to, again, reorient to my work from this new place and really land in, okay, I'm not done with this healing journey, but I know who I am now. And I have a sense of who I'm becoming and how can I really feed that person and feed what's coming alive inside of me and lean into it more and more. And so eventually brought all of my businesses and websites and programs back and launched a new one, wrote my book and started working with people in a different way at a deeper level. And so I just, again, with the death and rebirth, if you're able to see it through and we have to take care of ourselves and our lives and our families,
0: Mm.
1: but really seeing it through allowed something new to emerge that just is much more aligned with who I've become. And
0: what, what, um, brought you to writing a book about it and especially one that's so honest about your like I just want to commend you for your bravery to take that whole train wreck and 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 put it out for the world to see, you know? <laughs> I think that I love what you called it that it <laughs> takes a lot of courage. And and I also think it's incredibly inspiring because so many people have been down that same road and sometimes when we look at, at people we admire or respect and respect and we go, oh my God, they went through that same thing, it brings You know, hope and encouragement. You know, and I I think it's wonderful that you did it. But what what made you decide to do that?
1: Honestly, it wasn't up to me. Um, It started coming through me about six months after my loss. And I am a writer, and and writing is like breathing for me. If I'm not writing, something has gone wrong. And I had actually stopped writing after my loss for about those six months because I didn't realize that the way that I wanted to write had changed. I was trying to fit into the old me, but I couldn't. I couldn't express myself that way anymore. And what started to come through was stories. And I started sharing on social media very raw and vulnerably. I mean, I was able to do it from a clean space for the most part, Mm. but I didn't do it to be strategic. I didn't do it for any other reason than I felt compelled to. And that was how I was processing was through sharing and through words. And when I realized that I was writing the book, I actually started studying the hero's journey and mm-hmm. trying to formulate it and put it into order and realized I was still living the ending of it. And so I just wrote sporadically off and on whatever stories wanted to come through and they came through and I captured them and I saved them. And it was about four years after the loss that it was clear to me, okay, I'm on the other side of this. I'm still grow- growing, I'm still healing, I'm still becoming and I'm on a new journey, but this, this chapter feels complete and spent the year writing every day which was really hard because Mm -hmm. it was healing and cathartic, but it's like reliving everything and trying to put it into a a format that other people can consume. And, and anyone who's written a book, especially a book like this, I think can attest to, it's like taking slivers of your soul and putting them in this product that then goes out into the world and people will do with it what they will. But I just, it had to come through or it felt like it was going to kill me. Like it was going to metastasize inside of me And I really genuinely, you know, I think I thought beforehand authors that are like, if it just reaches one person are just trying to be humble. But it's true. Like when you write a book like that, it would have been enough if it just reached one person because my intention with it was to help people feel less alone and less crazy. And to be honest about the fact that it's really hard to heal from these things. It's really hard to make sense of your life and who you're becoming and there's no one right way to do it. It's messy. And sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And so it just, it came out of me and it, it came out of me the way it came out of me. And <laughs> I've made peace with, not everyone loves it, but you know, this is my story and I told it how I could, and it has helped the people that need, have needed it.
0: it's incredibly brave. I mean, I write nonfiction books and I find the whole thing um, so revealing because you can't <laughs> help but reveal who you are, you know, no <laughs> matter what you're writing and, um, And I, I just think that ba- that bear your soul book takes a particular kind of bravery, you know. I, and it, it's, it's like a healing for you. Like it sounds like it was a healing process yeah. for you to write it. And I think there's, it's sort of like the ultimate catharsis, like you said, to get it out of your body and onto the page. And, um, and like a, like an exorcism, <laughs> sort of, you know, like Absolutely. to, to really get it all out. And, and then it's the same th- kind of, um healing for people who read it my my yeah. trick is to not read the reviews my the reviews of my own books on yes i i, I that's the one part i can't handle it
1: And to stay rooted in your why, there's a couple things like the way that I got rid of my ex's things as part of like a release process. I knew that his mom, who I had become close to, wanted to read the book and was going to read all about that. And there was one moment where like trauma set in for me with something small that my mom did. And I knew she was going to read it. And you have to stay committed to why am I doing this and why is it important and who is it for versus ooh they're going to get mad at me. (laughs) They might get upset. Yeah, that's amazing. And and what's the reaction been like
0: from people who have read it?
1: It's been mostly good. Um, the one bad review, well, bad. The one honest, honestly, I mean, I actually appreciated her review, was she felt like I had a lot of support, where in her own journey she hadn't had as much support. And it's true. I had curated and cultivated a very supportive community right before I went through all of that. And I've always said I felt like Colorado called me home from where I was living before, for that very reason. Um, I felt compelled to go home and I, I really had an amazing community when I got there and I wouldn't have gotten through it without them. But for the most part, it's it's been positive. It's been, you know, people say it's raw and intense, which I mean, that's just <laughs> what it was, but also yep. it has done what I hoped it would do, which is make people feel less crazy and help them understand that Healing is not easy and you're not doing it wrong if it's hard or it's messy or you keep taking one step forward only to take five crashing steps backward like you're you're doing it how
0: that's how it goes. (laughs) I think it's so hard for us sort of spiritual hip women and spiritual hip people in general to cop to having been in an abusive relationship and I have too. You know, and I, w- I was like, how did I, I'm a psychic. Like, how did I not see that coming? Mean, like I read people for a living, you know, how did I not know? And it was like a total, like, you know, energy vampire, shapeshifter, like con artist type person. And yeah. I really, um, and I was talking about it after it happened um, with a group. I sometimes work with, you know, uh, women, women executives to do executive coaching, I was in a big group like that. And I I was curious. So I brought it up. Was, it was there must have been 50 women. These are all like C-suite level women, right? And I was like, who's been in an abusive relationship or who's been a victim of domestic violence? And I like 90% of them raised their hands. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like how mm. is this not getting top like how is this the thing that's not we're not on top of that?
1: Yeah, you know? it's so interesting. You know, I'm I'm very intuitive as well. I wouldn't classify myself as psychic, but I can read people really well and my ex who <coughs> excuse me, my ex who passed away, he always felt like a fuzzy black hole. I could never read him. It was never a no, it was just be careful. This is going to be intense. And something I learned about after everything I had been through is this concept of energy boundary rupture and post-traumatic growth work. And so the person I ended up with from the PTSD was a drug addict. He was abusive and controlling and manipulative. And I would have told you he was the love of my life. And when I learned about energy boundary rupture, it made sense to me because that's when the trauma is so intense that it ruptures the boundaries between realms or consciousness. Mm. And it was like my soul loved his soul. My heart loved his heart. In a way that was irrelevant to this plane, this human realm, and I couldn't see that until I started healing. But it was fascinating. There's so many reasons that we end up in these situations, and you're right. Some people are just really excellent at hiding it and shape shifting. Yeah.
0: yeah, and sometimes I think there's intense soul contracts, you know, in there too. Like that, that our our souls sort of sets us up with yeah. um, all, for all the lessons that we get. Um whether it whether it's about learning like extreme boundary setting or um how how to really advocate for ourselves, there's so much we can learn like you have, you know, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And what about um, how do you think that this work that you've done translates into this time that we're living in right now? It just seems like everybody's facing. Yes. <laughs> even more intense unraveling, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's translated really well. It's it's interesting. The book came out in January of 2020, so right before everything happened. And the book is all about unraveling. And it's all about this idea of, I actually developed a program after learning so much about the hero's journey and going through everything I did. And I call it journey mapping. And it's this idea that, you know, we're always on a journey and we're on journeys inside journeys inside journeys. And there are specific things that happen throughout these journeys that can give us a point of reference so that we can really say, okay, I'm in death and rebirth right now. And here's what comes after that. Or I've gone through death and rebirth and here's what it means to actually rise up and come back from this. And I think the book is really about any challenging chapter or big life transition, any moment where we're standing in the middle of our our own life and something happens that knocks us off kilter and completely disorients us or shifts the ground beneath our feet. And all of us went through that collectively. And it has impacted us in different ways. And so it's really about building trust with ourselves and reorienting to who we are right now in this moment, as well as who we're becoming as we navigate and make sense of everything. And so I think it's been really relevant in ways that I wouldn't have expected.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And Stephanie, how can people reach you and your amazing book?
1: Yeah, thank you. You can find me and all my work at Zamora.com. And then the book itself is theunravelbook.com. And it just gives you everything you could ever want to find out.
0: And um, let's take a look at it here. Um, We can see
1: it on the screen. Is that that only available on your website? Or is it also available on the... It's on Amazon. It should be in all countries. I think it's on Barnes & Noble too. But yes, you can get a Kindle version very inexpensively or a print book. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic.
0: A- any last words that you want to see? Like, what, what could you say to somebody who feels like they're kind of in that unravel moment? What What's the first step if you know that's what you're yes. doing?
1: Yes. I always say context and discernment are my two favorite words and my two favorite concepts. And that's all about self-trust. So context is, I've shared my journey. You've probably heard from other people on this amazing show. You've probably heard from Lisa. And We all have our own insights, our own perspectives, our own lens, and our own lessons. And so context, what works for you in your life? What's your situation? Who are you as a person? And then discernment is all about self-trust, knowing who you are, what you want and need, what's important for you, and being able to discern for yourself what's right, because everyone around you will have an opinion about what you need to do, and that's based on their own lens and perspective and context. And so Trust yourself. If you don't have that level of self-trust and connection with your intuition and discernment, it's really hard to navigate these journeys.
0: That's mm-hmm. beautiful. That's a great place to start. And I hope they start by checking out your website and reading your book too. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for being with us and sharing your beautiful journey and your book and um, being so brave about really laying it out. In, um, like in You're like a way shower to sh- help show the rest of us how to how to do it so 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 much courage so thank you so much for being here
1: thank you for having me and thank you for this work you do it's so important and thank all of
0: you guys for tuning in um we're super glad to have you with us on on this journey that we're doing today you can find me on my website lisacampion.com i hope you come by and visit over there and uh thanks for being with us today on the miracle of healing where we are healing the world one person at a time right here on Empower
1: Radio.